you know that fresh produce is the best produce. That's why at Kroger, we invest in local farmers to bring you seasonal picks that taste fresh from the farm good, like sweet corn, refreshing watermelon, and juicy peaches. So whether you're a delivery lover, a picker-upper, or you shop in-store, your local produce always tastes 100% fresh, or you get a 100% refund guaranteed. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey now, it's Brace for Impact, and I'm your host, Mike Gilbert. And I'm joined once again, who uh, JD by God Oliva, who was off last week. How are you doing, JV? JD, sorry. JD. Got rid of the yeah. beard. Got rid of the beard. I see that. Babyface JD. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Different. Had the seasons over, so I had to kind of get rid of all the baggage. Start yeah. fresh. Yeah, you got to look more like Mr. Oliva anyway, because um, you got your, your shoot job there. Yeah, most kids call me JD. They do. I prefer it. That's that's a big change from when we were in school because I it's think just it's me. called. It's just oh, me. really? <laughs> yeah, no. pretty much. Well, the wrestlers have all called me JD. No one ever calls me like Oliva, like ever. No one ever right. refers to me by my last name ever because I have my name is two letters, so it's always that. So the kids, so, like a lot of these kids, have had since like sixth, seventh grade, right? Okay, so your wrestlers they don't call you Coach. Nope, they call me JD. Oh, okay. Oh well, shit. That's a, it's a little different than whenever I grew up because uh, – or maybe it's the area that I grew up in, but it was like coach or Mr. and Mrs. You yep. did not get to say first names whatsoever. Well, I'm also – I coach with three brothers. Yeah. Like I coach the Hyatt brothers. So, I mean, if you say Coach Hyatt, that would be three different dudes. So, it's like they all go by their first name. And I've always – I've always gone – 20 years of coaching, I've always been JD. So. Oh. I'm fine with it. I like it. I prefer it actually. I don't like like okay. one. Some of the kids are trying to get this Mr. O thing started, and I'm I've I put the kibosh <laughs> on that. I was like, no, no, yeah. that is not going to be a thing. We're not going to make that <laughs> acceptable. So yeah, yeah. I get uh, I get called Sergeant G at work. Um, no, so, and I and I I I I let that one slide because you know it's like yeah, Sergeant Sergeant G. That's fine. Um, if they try anything else, though, I might uh, put them back in their place. But certain certain G is okay with me. Sergeant G, I kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. All right, man. Way better than Mister uh, O. That's terrible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, let's uh let's get into our our top story here. Man, I you know what? Um, and is if you're watching us on YouTube, you can see what I just put up on the uh, the ticker down there at the bottom. But uh, Mercedes Monet, Monet versus. Monet, sorry, Monet uh, versus Mickey James. I'm not saying it's set in stone. I'm not saying it's booked. I'm not saying it's signed. I'm saying that it's actually becoming more of a reality. And, and I'll tell you why. So, um, you know, Lou D'Angeli and well, let's, let's let's go ahead and double back. Let's go back even further than that, because J.D., you weren't on the show last week. And this is what I personally I let not. off. Yeah. So. Uh, Mercedes Monet took to Instagram and put up a picture of Mickey James, right? Holding the knockouts title, which was kind of cool, right? Well, I didn't expect that. Um, and then she does an interview. I can't remember with who, but she does an interview promoting the upcoming or the, the battle in the Valley pay-per-view and said that, yes, she would absolutely like to wrestle Mickey James and called her out specifically. 
And then at um, at Battle in the Valley, when she wins the IWGP Championship over Kyrie Sane, which great match by the way. I don't know if you've uh, got a chance to watch that match, but I really liked it. Um, I, thought, I, it. I thought I thought her and Sane did an excellent job. But she wins the IWGP title. I think she's just Kyrie the- now. I don't think she's Kyrie Is- Sane or Kyrie Hoju. I think she's just Kyrie. Okay. Okay. Like stylized in the all direction. all caps Japanese, like a lot of the Japanese yeah. performers do, all caps English. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Kyrie, my bad, Kyrie. my mistake. But um, she defeats Kyrie in a great match, and after the match, uh, she posted on Instagram again a picture of her and Impact Executive Lou D'Angeli, the former signed guy Dudley. Um, that picks up a little bit of steam there. And then yesterday morning on Busted Open Radio, Scott Demore and Mickey James are on the show. Mickey James is one of the hosts, and they talked to Scott about it, and he said, absolutely, she's great. We had the chance to meet. We need to absolutely make that match, and we need to make it happen somewhere, some way. Uh, and Mickey James, obviously, you know, doing her job promoting a match that may or may not ever happen, but saying that uh, that yes, she's in. They need to have the match. She's never wrestled her one on one. This absolutely has to happen. Um, so I guess my question to you, JD, and maybe somebody can go back and replay some of the episodes of you and I talking about Sasha Banks when she was released. Um, we probably shit on the complete idea oh, yeah. that maybe she would come to impact. So what are your thoughts now? I think she wants the match. <laughs> That's what I think. Right? Like it seems pretty fucking obvious to me. So it's so funny to me because when she got released, right. And she got released like six months ago. Like I said, by the way, um, <laughs> the story was money, 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 or money, money, money. Like, you know, yeah. that all she cared about was money, if you will. Don't think that's the case. No, I think that that is what that is what they said about John Moxley when he left a WWE. All he cares about is money. I think that she does like money. She just signed. I keep forgetting with who some big Italian. She just signed her, so uh, she does like money. Yeah, but I also think there's this bunch of stuff she wants to do. Um, yeah, it. I think she wants this match. I don't think she's going to be like a regular character on the show. No. But I think she wants the match. Now, here's what I'll propose to you. Yeah. Do we redo the belt collector thing with Mercedes? That's the exact scenario that I proposed last week. Um, I was not here last week, so yeah. uh, Yeah, I know. And and I kind of presented that to the audience. My take is yes, you absolutely do that. I, I think that there's no downside to that. I, I think they do the match, but um, and, I, and I'll ask you what, what your thoughts on when they should have the match, but um, which event they should have the match, because I have some thoughts on that. Um, I, I 100%, I think that she should be the IWGP champion. She should be the Impact champion. You know, all you have to do is just show up in AAA, and if you're an American, they give you a fucking belt. The Reign of the Reign is title. They just throw it at her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they they would be. They could not wait to give her the Reign of the Reign title. And it appears that she really wants to do lucha. Now, whether she goes to CMLL, who seems to be making a bit of a comeback, or AAA, that's you know beyond me. But she's free and clear to do whatever the hell well, she wants. Well, um, she, her contract is with New Japan. But so she can do whatever. She, she can she, do whatever, but is she gonna want to be like cool with with the home team? You know, yeah. my thought is she might want to do CM because again, they have belts. Like this is Mexico. Belts don't mean nearly as much there as they do here. 
right? Yeah. A belt is just a way to promote something, right? So I, 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 I could be wrong on this, but I'm of the opinion that it's probably a CML thing because CML is getting hot again, right? They are. Um, supposed to have great shows. They need to sit and watch one of them soon. Now, here's something that just got announced. It didn't get announced, but they just leaked today that June 24th is Forbidden Door 2. Mm-hmm. I think you need a, a hook to sell that show. And belt collector Sasha, or excuse me, Mercedes, I think is the way to go. Like, I, I think it's, I, I think you belt her up everywhere else as soon as possible. Bring her in to AEW where you can use her to sell pay per views. Yeah. As, and the main event. And I think that, cause I don't think that there's a big, I don't think there's a bigger match right now. Anyone versus anyone in AEW versus anyone in, in New Japan, with the exception of maybe Okada Omega 5 or Okada mm-hmm. Punk, if that is a possibility down the line. I don't see anything else that could possibly be bigger than Mercedes versus like either a Britt Baker or a Jamie Hayter or something like that. I don't. Yeah. So um, I, I, I think that if you have Sasha versus Britt Baker or Sasha versus Hayter, I don't think that that would main event over a I CM do. Punk versus Okada. I, I, I don't. I, I, don't, I, don't. I, I, I that's yeah, assuming you don't get those matches yeah. is what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe the only matches that could be bigger and who knows if those matches are in the works or not, you know? Yeah. I, I, yeah. Who knows what's in the works because we right. thought we were going to get all these crazy fantasy dream matches and forbidden happen. door one still was very good, by the way. Hey, I'm not insulted, I, but, I had my seats. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Oh, and you paid about 10 times more than what they were worth day of. They were like $2 tickets. I'm aware. I'm aware. <laughs> but so I, I, I do think you're right. I do think they're going to have to have a hook to sell that show, but you know, double back to Impact. Mm-hmm. we got a couple of shows coming up for Impact, a couple of big shows. We have, the, we, we have the Multiverse United, which is New Japan versus Impact, and then we have uh, Rebellion in Toronto. Um, I said my piece last week, JD, what say you? Which one should she be on? And obviously main event, but which one should she be headlining? The, uh, the obvious one is Multiverse. Yeah. But I don't think there's enough time. And I think that multiverse tends to get swallowed up in the WrestleMania hype, right? Yeah. Because Wrestle, I, I don't think it's good for her brand to just be on another WrestleMania weekend show. Because that's what it is. Let's be honest. Like, it's just another mm-hmm. WrestleMania weekend show. I think it's, 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 a, it's a WrestleCon event. Those tickets. It's a WrestleCon event. Yeah. Yeah. Th- those tickets flew. flew is because everybody's mm-hmm. already in town. They're cheap tickets. They're yeah. going to a bunch of shows anyway. Yeah. You don't need it on that show. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Toronto, that could be your hook. Same deal. Yeah. Like my exact same thing I said about AEW. Do the exact same for Impact. Scales a little bit smaller. Now you have people hanging off the rafters, and you can probably do the best, the best pay per view numbers you've done since the Kenny Swan match. Maybe yeah. bigger because we we have a bit. There's more outreach now. Yeah. Um. I I that in the. You hit the nail on the head. That was my exact thoughts last week. I, I, a, I don't think that the multiverse United needs it. No. Um, now the tickets are already sold, and I'm not one of those guys who's like, hey, once the tickets are sold, you don't really need to load the card. I think you still need to do that because I, it's a pay per view. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a it's a pay per view, but this is also a pay per view on Thursday night at 11 p.m. Eastern. It's not going to do big business. It might no. do big business and video on demand on Impact Plus and New Japan World afterwards. Not a lot of people are going to be staying up that late on a Thursday on a school night to be doing that. Um, I I think the money is in. Is it Mickey versus Sasha money. in Toronto the or money. the money 
Or, you know, there's a there is a knockout in Impact who is a legend who also happens to be from Toronto. I could see that. I know where you're yeah. going with this. Gail yeah. versus Mickey. I, I, I like I like that I, as well. I I'm talking Gail versus Monet. Oh. Maybe hmm. maybe you do maybe you do Mickey versus hmm. Sasha in Japan at a stardom show. I, I don't know. I don't know what their schedule's like. I'm just ballparking it. And then, and then in Toronto, you do, you do uh, Mercedes versus Gale. I think you could, but I don't think you should. I think you should. Okay. I think this is why, because Gale has been on the shelf for quite a long time. I don't think you want that in front of your hometown. Cause you know, I don't think you want to overshadow the potential main event. I think that Gale in the hometown against Mercedes you weren't a chance of too much going on at one time, to be honest with you. I think that's a match you could run at Slammiversary, okay. quite frankly. I think you could kick that down. The, I think you can kick the can of that, do it later in the summer. I don't know if Gail's going to – I mean, she's talking about doing some comeback stuff, but I don't know. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's the spot. She's been teasing it on Twitter, man. And I she was just been. like, man, are, is she – because, you know, Rebellion's in Toronto. That's her hometown. She came back a few years ago and wrestled Tessa in Toronto at, at the Rebellion show. So no, she could still come back, right? You could still yeah. wrestle her against Deanna or Masha or whoever, right, Jordan. There's plenty of stuff to deal with. But I don't think you put her in a title match right away anyway. I think you could build. I think I, I think that deserves build, right? Okay. Because that could be a big match, but I think that if you just put Mickey versus Mercedes up as as a match, I think that sells on its own, right? Well, especially especially if it's yeah, and it's title versus title. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot going on there. I think with Gale, that that the comeback is the story, and then there's a lot to that. I think that could be a slam anniversary or something like that down the road. That's my, that's what I would do. Scott Demore has this knack of doing nothing like I would do it. So, you know, who knows what they're going to do. Yeah. Who knows? But man, I can't believe you and I are sitting here on this podcast and we, we have to eat shit a little bit because we were like, no, there's no fucking way. I I'm pretty sure I was incredulous uh, get um, to people thinking who thought that they had a chance to get her. And now here I am like a dipshit. Hold on, sign. We talked about signing. They ain't gonna sign her to a contract. No, no. She will do shots. She'll do some dates. Right. No, no. But apparently they're not signing anybody. No. No, no. I'm not thinking they're gonna sign her because I don't think she's gonna sign anywhere. No, I I agree. But that's what we talked about. We talked about her signing, right? I I don't think we said anything. I feel like you're in. I feel like you're giving us a little extra credit here. I, I don't be. think we had a we thought a, there was a hope in hell that she would ever appear on impact. No, that was he, where I was at. Here's the thing. Never cease to underestimate what millionaires want to do with their time. Yeah. Right. And we all assume because we're poor, we all assume that millionaires think like us. You only do things for the money. But the truth of the matter is when you have the money, you can do whatever you want to do. So maybe, you yes, know, maybe she doesn't make a lot of money coming into impact for a couple for, for a few shots. Maybe she just, you know, scratches an itch and, and kind of does the thing she wants to do. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think, and again, it's, she's kind of doing like what Dan, what Danielson talked about when he, when he left the Federation, right. It's just like mm-hmm. doing stuff for the sake of making wrestling cool. And I feel like oh. that's what she's doing. I feel like she's one of the few people that could make a difference outside of that system in 2023. 
She it reminds me a lot of uh, Drew Galloway, his run outside the Federation. Although she's a much bigger star bigger. than he was, mm-hmm. much bigger star than he was whenever he was in WWE the first time. He's huge right now. Don't get me wrong, but when he was there, he left and then he became a bigger star outside yeah. the system, and, and he went everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like he did every indie he went to, and he stayed in Impact, and he did great at Impact, and he was a top guy here. And then he made himself a much bigger, uh, a hotter commodity. A more valuable commodity, and they they brought him back, and he's one of their top five guys now. But mm-hmm. um, I I could see her, you know, even though she's starting off at a, she's bigger than when he was. I, I see her doing something like that. No, for sure, she's gonna. She's Drew's end game was to go back. I don't know if her end game is to go back. I don't know what her end game is. I don't know if I don't know if she knows. You know what? It's more like a, it's almost like Cody a little bit more. Yeah, you know, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, because Cody was like because Cody. Drew worked, right? Mm-hmm. Like Drew just was nose to the grindstone and just worked. Cody was a hype machine. Yeah. From the moment he left, he had that silly list that everybody laughed at and then he did it. <laughs> and then he just kept growing his own legend to the point now he's main eventing WrestleMania. So, you know, crazy. I mean, like I don't know, I don't know if she wants to go back necessarily cuz again, never see never try to understand the motivations of millionaires. Mm-hmm. Right? But right now she seems to be interested in growing her brand. And I think that uh I think this is the way to do it is to kind of get yeah. out there amongst the people like all Vox Populi and whatnot. Yeah. Well, and I think that she wants to prove that she can draw money outside of the machine, right? Because the machine is what draws. There are few people that can draw bigger than what the machine can. And we've seen that recently where where you know certain ratings and like and ticket sales are going up in certain markets because of certain people. Yeah. Uh, we, we've, we've seen that now. Now we're starting to see with Sasha, she leaves the machine and now she's like, here, this is what I think I could do outside of the machine. This is the value of my brand. And then sure enough, the moment they announced that she was coming to battle in the Valley, sell out, sell out. Mm-hmm. Sell out. It, honestly, they should have moved it to the, uh, the HP pavilion where the San Jose sharks play. And they should have went for the 5,000 number. Honestly, if they if they if they had that foresight, they should have done that. But um, I don't think they were they planned it very well. No, it's New Japan America. They just don't. Um, yeah. And plus, I think the venue looked kind of cool, to be honest with you. Like, yeah, and I, almost, I think it's better. I think it's better, especially when you're new at this stuff, to start a little bit smaller and just start, you know, building and building and building. Because, again, the worst thing, the I almost think you want to play conservative in a lot of these things, like, especially when it comes to selling out venues, is you don't want to have to, like, like when they did with the flare thing, that was cool. They, they were yeah. able to sell it. I think New Japan here did the right thing playing it small. Because then the next time, right, if it works, you can you can go bigger. But it's got to work the first time. You know, yeah. and plus they might not have been able to. They might have been. They might have been locked in. They might have had a contract. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure they'd have lost all their deposit money and yada. yada. There's all kinds of stuff that comes with that. But all right, guys, um, we're gonna go ahead and get into the uh, to the impact. Oh, excuse me, to the impact recap. I'm glad JD's back on the show this week. He was on the show two weeks ago, and Impact had one of their worst fucking episodes in the history of the promotion. Um, and I tried my best to have a positive spin on it because JD was on fire, and I failed miserably. Sucked ass. That was one <laughs> of the worst wrestling shows. Yeah, oh. it, it sucked ass. Last week was much better than the week before. This week was a lot better than last week. Um, I liked this show. This was yeah, a good I liked, show. I, I liked this show a lot. This was a fun show. They they didn't go too hard on the silly, and I thought the silly worked. I Look, we're, we're going to talk about the main event. 
but crazy Steve coming out of a locked closet in the dark, coming out, pretending like the light's hurting his eyes and he's fucking blind is an all time great wrestling moment. I don't what care. a worker. What a worker. <laughs> it's not like that's like, a well-known fact though. Like you gotta be like a no. fan fan to know that crazy Steve is blind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. So he played it up well and i'm sure everybody thought like on the inside they thought that that it was popped. absolutely yeah. hilarious sure. it popped the shit out of me i was like this motherfuckers he's he's acting like he can't see but he legitimately can't see which is incredible i i love it <laughs> it's hilarious <laughs> no this is yeah this was a good show like it surprised me like again this this goes back to the dichotomy of what the hell there's some shit don't get me wrong yeah but for the most part i was really entertained this week really entertained yeah yeah, yeah, me too. I I would I would go so far as to say it's probably the the best go home show for a pay per view. Um, I would since um the Kenny and Swan pay per view as far as like, hey, look, they they did a good job of building my interest for the show. Um, I I just really like the countdown portion. I like the interaction between Josh and Swan. Um, I, I I really dug it. I I have no memory for what. I don't remember what happens week to week on these shows. Any of them. So I mean, I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just really I just really felt like they did a good job of p- producing a very good show, a fun show to watch, and still hyping their pay-per-view. Because sometimes they only hype the pay-per-view, and then what they put in the ring is just like paint-by-numbers stuff because they're only focused on what's happening the coming up weekend. But today I thought they, they, they served both masters pretty we well. did not paint-by-numbers this week. I'll say no. that. No. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, on the pre-show, we had Kevin Knight defeating Jack Price. Cool. And that was talking BTI. Thank you, folks. Thank you for talking BTI. You know, I'm kind of interested in that match. Um, Jack Price is a guy that Muse speaks very highly of. And Kevin Knight is one of the more incredible performers I've seen come in Impact in a while. He's a New Japan guy. Yeah, those are those guys. Those, like I say before, I'll say it again. Um, Shibata, phenomenal trainer. Phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, opening match was Motor City Machine Guns defeating Mike Bailey and Jonathan Gresham. And God damn, was this a great wrestling match. Um, I I absolutely loved it. Just dude, just move crazy move after crazy move and lots of great technical wrestling, too, with these guys. Of course, you're going to get that with Gresham and Shelley being in the ring. And they got a good high flying, good double team moves, just fast paced action all up and down. Uh, machine guns pick up the victory there when uh, Gresham accidentally hit Bailey with a forearm, leaving him alone with the Motor City machine guns. Um, and then the Motor City machine guns hit the dirty the dirt bomb on Gresham for the pinfall. Awesome match! I love the Motor City machine guns. Like this, this felt like a Motor City machine guns match. And, and Speedball and Gresham had pretty good chemistry for guys who don't normally tag together, right? I yeah. thought they were good. 
It was a great match. It was like 20 minutes long. It's probably my favorite match of the week on wrestling TV, to be honest with you. Like, I absolutely, this was my, go watch this thing. Yes, this is a JD Oliva match. This is what I come to watch wrestling for. It was awesome. You you clearly didn't watch the Noah finale yet, so I have not no, watched the Noah finale yet. That is um that <laughs> is with my hotel room tomorrow at Girls State. That is what I'm gonna watch. Yeah. Uh, are we not? Can we not watch it yet? I thought it wasn't posted. I thought we had to pay an extra forty bucks to watch the Muda finale. Um, like that. There, there, was it ways. extra money? Yeah. I am not. I will not do that. Our friend works for Noah. I'm not stealing I know. from our buddy. The comment say I didn't say I was stealing. I'm just saying that. Somebody sent me a leak and boom, there it was. I don't know. I didn't, it wasn't on me. I didn't, well, I didn't go to the store and put it in my pocket. It just kind of well, happened to be on my phone. I'll tell you, Mike, if that happened to reach itself into my Twitter feed, I would be angry, sir, but I would not, not click on it. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I already, and I told our friend who was on, Justin was on commentary for that. And I'm so fucking happy for him. I know. Isn't that awesome? Um, our friend, our buddy, our, our buddy yeah. is actually like doing commentary for major Japan. Did you hear what Dave said about that show? Blew away WWE and new Japan in terms of production. production. It, it did. It did. It's awesome. Like Mudo's entrance was one of the greatest things I've ever seen. Um, honestly, I like I get goosebumps just talking about it. And uh, our our guy Justin did a fantastic job. Um, he and, has done an amazing job. I took some shit from the Voices of Wrestling guys, but Justin has done an amazing guys. job bringing Noah something that you would like. Felt like for a long time, I felt like I was the only dude in the U.S. talking about Noah. <laughs> like during yeah. the pandemic, I'm like, you know, Noah's got a good show, and people would look at me like you're watching Noah. But I really yeah. feel like with Justin at the helm there, really heading up the English PR. Like people are starting, I'm seeing it more and more frequently. People are talking about how awesome Noah is. My only yeah. question is, what do they do without Muda? Muda was their money. It was like their mm, big draw. Stay, JD, stay tuned. Hold on. Now, now is the time. Here, let me uh, stay tuned. Um, go to patreon.com slash fight game media on the Patreon. As soon as this is over, if you're listening to Apple Podcast, Spotify, or you're watching on YouTube, I have a theory about what Noah could be doing. And who could potentially replace Mudo as the top star there? I think I, uh, I think so. Stay I know tuned for that. Yes, yeah, stay tuned going. for that. Um, we'll, we we shall see. Um, but but uh, but back to Impact. Yeah, the, yes. the, the the Mudo finale was fantastic. But I I yeah, in America, I thought this was the best tag team or the best match I'd seen all week so far. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Um, and then Rich Swan and Josh Alexander had a hype video for their match. Uh, another tremendous job. Just. Like every time they do these, he's just knock them out of the park. I, I honestly don't think anyone does these better than Impact. Like they don't feel mm. like WWE, which is like is way overproduced, right? Everything is super dramatic, and AEW tends to fall like in between. But Impact just has this nice, nice sweet spot where it feels like remember HBO boxing, right? Mm-hmm. It always feels like an HBO boxing hype video, which I appreciate because it's different than what everybody else is doing. Yeah, I, I just, I, I really love it. I thought it was very well done. Uh, Deanna Praza cut a promo backstage after highlight video on Giselle Shaw after the unfortunate, this is from a Josiah, unfortunate chili incident. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh. Praza said that Shaw was leaving no surrender with a broken arm. Um, Praza has basically turned, uh, she's turned baby face now. So Praza is the baby face heading into a match with uh, Giselle Shaw and they're fighting over chili, which is interesting. Deanna, we're going to pick up your option. And rather than fighting for the title, you are going to do a uh, a program based around chili. And unless the yeah. ghost of Johnny Cash returns in the form of a coyote, I'm not interested in this. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> that was a Simpsons uh, joke for you people yes. that might not get that. Uh, the match is going to be good, but I do not oh, yeah, care about the feud whatsoever. Not even um, a little bit. I can't believe we're talking about Chili. <laughs> Reminds me of the Edge Booker T WrestleMania match from a long time ago where oh, they're fighting Lord. over getting a shampoo commercial. I remember, remember that. that bullshit? In Japan. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. stupid. It's yeah. So dumb. Uh, John Schuyler and Jason Hodge came out, and Schuyler claimed that Tommy Dreamer was not going to beat the clock challenge tonight. He wasn't even going to beat John Schuyler. Uh, or Jason Hodge, I'm sorry. And then Doesn't Tommy matter. Dreamer defeated Jason Hodge in a minute and 15 seconds. So, hey, if you're going to have to have a Tommy Dreamer match on the show, a minute and 15 seconds, pretty. I, I, I'm cool with that. If like we have to negotiate here, it's like, okay, you're going to give this fucking idiot a match. He only gets a minute and 15 seconds. I think that's a win. Why do we have to watch Tommy Dreamer in 2023? <laughs> <laughs> like, Okay, legitimately, okay, I'm going to be honest with you. Bully Ray comes out later in the show. Bully looks great. Bully's still fine yeah. at being bully, right? I'm cheering Jeff Jarrett on the other show because <laughs> yeah. Jeff Jarrett has come in there and been nothing but awesome, right? Yeah. Edge is doing great work in WWE. He really is. He is. Tommy Dreamer fucking sucks, man. He's in terrible shape, and his matches aren't good. He looks terrible. It's awful. It's fucking yeah, terrible. Yeah, he, he looks like Fatty Evil Uno. Uh, like, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I caught you on your coughing. I was coughing. You got me. Um, I said fat samurai <laughs> once on this show and got a DM. So yes, I'm gonna yes, leave that did. alone. <laughs> but yeah. 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 Uh I don't know, man. Like I said, it's uh better. And you know what? He was on but to his credit, he was on Busted Open saying there's no reason for me to be on TV. I would much right. rather sit in the back and watch. And I'm like, why are you doing this then? So they must think that he moves some kind of numbers that keep pushing his ass out there, but um, I got no interest. Um, because our target demographic is 75 years old. Let's be honest. Yeah. yeah. Like we we don't target lapse fans. We target people who have been here since 2002. Yeah. Like it, that's the truth. I mean, it's what the network targets. I mean, there's 18 to yeah. 49. That's not what we care about uh, here. I was talking to my buddy, uh, to my buddy James, who works over at Reels, mm -hmm. and he was like, and he was talking about Reels, and Reels is a very similar, like size network to Access. They're pretty close, right? As and far their as program, what? like when you say size, like Reels is in far more homes, they draw far more ratings. So what size are we? Like how are we defining they're, they're, size? They're, in a, they're they're actually only in a couple million more homes. We pulled are it up sure? a few weeks ago. Yeah, okay. yeah. Russell Nomics posted it. They're in like thirty eight versus like thirty five. It's like it's like something like that. So, um, okay. and the but the programming is geared towards that 25 to 54 demographic that you would see the news channels going after. That's what reels goes after. I think that's what access is going after. So like he, he said that reels that like, as far as the 18 to 49, it's not really big to them. They, they, they cherish the 25 to 54. And I'm starting to think that maybe access does too, because that's certainly what they're putting out there with all of their classic rock stuff. And their classic movies that they're airing, and then of course now they got classic wrestlers. Twenty-five to fifty-four is, is a Canadian. That's like that's how Canada breaks down their demographics specifically. So it's yeah. interesting you throw out that number. Whereas in America, you use eighteen to forty-nine, thirty-four to forty-nine specifically is how we break those things down here. That's interesting. I almost think that, but I mean, like Reels's numbers are so much better oh, than well, Access's. So well, because. Much. Because of On Patrol Live, but yes, they are. They're, they're incredible. Yeah, they're well. It 
so on patrol live averages close to a million on mm-hmm. Friday nights and close to a million on Saturday nights. And they, now they have a one hour pre-show. So like that's three, so, they, they're, they're, their shows, their, their show is three hours on Friday night, three hours on Saturday night. And then there's an hour pre-show before. And so you're talking about over four hours on both those nights, you're averaging close to a million per night. That, that increases the rest of the, the station average, which is why you see their station average is a bit little over 300 million. That's going to be, that's 10, an incredible. 000, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's so true. That, that that's incredible. So, and, and that's not a knock on reels. Like it's hard to have a hit show and yeah. they got one that's on Friday and Saturday. So kudos to them. And like any good cable network, you're going to beat that horse to death until there's nothing left. <laughs> of it. It's yeah. a cable shows never end. They like, they're put out of their misery in cable. Like I think they have aren't they Chrisley's still on and he's in prison. I think so. Yeah. He like I don't know if it's airing from his prison, but like they're the reruns are all over the place. Yeah. That guy's doing like hard time. <laughs> what a piece of shit he is. He's a complete uh, piece of shit. The opposite of a piece of shit is Joe Hendry. He was at a meet and greet and they showed him meeting and greeting fans and uh basically saying who's gonna beat Moose and they said Joe Hendry. So there you go. <laughs> This was great. I love when they get us out there with actual fans. And Joe Hendry has this this that his melodic Scott his melodic Scottish brogue just makes me happy every time I hear it. it bring mm-hmm. brings me back to the to the mother country, the mother country. And it just I love this guy without with all of my heart. He's so great. <laughs> He's so great. JD's a believer. Oh, um, I be- I believe. I've never not yeah. believed in Joe Hendry. I firmly believe. Um, next up, we got Allison K defeating a tie of Valkyrie. You know, I I, I thought this was okay. Asselmania. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. Uh, I'm glad you. I'm said watching that this match. Me. I look at my phone. And I look up. Like all I see is nothing but butt cheeks flying through the <laughs> ring. And I'm just okay. I know what we're going for here. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We're going for the lucha Dantic demographic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> people appreciate fat asses that's what we're going yeah. for here <laughs> so yeah anyway Al, i mean they're they're wrestling the death dolls and the hex are going at it at no surrender so allison k pinned the champion which why are they know. the hex other than it's a cool name is it like they brought him out with james mitchell two weeks ago when i was still on the show yeah um and we had, i didn't watch last week did we follow that up at all or is it just we called them hex it's a cool name I think that's just their tag team name. They did um they did do a backstage promo and they worked hex into their thing like like Allison said that they're going to hex extinguish the competition. Oh get it? Oh yeah. I got it. I got it. I, I almost hit the exit of the hexit when she said that. <laughs> that's just as bad but funny. Um yeah. okay, I just I just curious. I didn't know if they were gonna yeah. like Satan them up or anything like that for this feud. No, I I don't think they're doing the spooky stuff. So I good. think they was good. Like the name. Yeah. Okay. Just curious. Frankie Kazarian and Yummy Mora defeated <laughs> uh, the design Diener and Callahan. Um I, I thought this I thought this was a pretty uh decent match here. Uh but the, the design drama I'm not really too crazy I, I have about. lots of storyline concerns with this. Why does Sammy care? Well so I'm like I'm Maybe when we get to the end goal, we'll find out. But I don't even see a possible end goal that would even make sense. I don't like, understand what's, what's why why he cares. Like, why is he trying to make Cody Deaner happy? What? Like, I keep waiting for Sammy Callen to cut this. Like, 
MJF style promo about why his life is falling apart and why he's a piece of shit <laughs> and has to hang out with these people. Like, yeah. I don't, I, this, the whole character motivations thing on, on Sammy Callahan's part is completely baffling to me. Like, why is he mm-hmm. tolerating shit from Cody fucking Diener of all people? I don't yeah. get it. Why is big con on my screen? You talked about <laughs> Drew Galloway who worked his ass off when he got released by WWE. You know who didn't big con. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Both wound up at impact, strangely <laughs> enough. Strangely enough. Um, but uh, yeah, Kazarian put the crossface chicken wing on Callahan. So Diener basically um, teased tagging in and then got off the apron, left Callahan in there by himself, and then Kazarian got the crossface chicken wing. So why? Why? Yeah. None of this makes I, sense. They, I like it started off with Callahan wanting to be part of the design. We all knew it was bullshit from the beginning, and it's just still going. And then we know eventually. He's going to turn on the design, but what's the point? Like, did he have prior history with them? I don't think that he did other than, so they did have the Eric Young feud. So maybe that's the catalyst of, I I don't know. It makes no sense to me. Dead man. Show some respect. Yeah. That that is true. God, God rest in soul. soul. Like I, I don't understand why Sammy wants to be in this group. I don't understand why Cody Diener is shitting on him when this is a crazy person who likes to like play with spikes and stuff like that. And none of this makes any sense to me whatsoever. Why is Khan there? (laughs) I don't know. They just picked him off the unemployment line. Like he was hanging out at the fucking redneck bus station and they picked his ass up. I don't know. It's there's other guys. I just don't, you know, (laughs) bring back Jake something, give him a new name. All right. Uh, Fan, uh, there's Cousin a fan Jake. Tra- it makes it's there. <laughs> it's we have there, a yeah. storyline there. None of this. <laughs> yeah. None of this works. A fantastic video package aired for Masha Slamovich and Mickey James. This was good. For, it was very good. The captions for this uh, for Slamovich was speaking English, English when she said "hard to kill" with a Russian accent. This is from. Uh, I'm just reading verbatim what Josiah said. Uh, the captions thought she said "teeth haha to pull." I didn't catch that. I, I, I don't know what the hell he's saying here. Which actually fits the gimmick. Okay. Um, but I, I really thought this the whole thing was great. I, I love it. I like what they're doing with Slambovich here. Josiah's Canadian. He must have gotten confused. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, this segment ruled. Like, I've been saying this for a long time. Just let let her talk and be Russian. Russians are scary, yeah. right? Like, yeah. it's a Russian impressional wrestling. A real Russian. We've had fake Russians for generations. Now you've got a real we, Russian out there speaking actual Russian. Not like, we, we had a, off out there doing this all the time, you know? She's the, the most famous Russian was a French-Canadian that didn't sound anything like a Russian. He just growled a lot and Actually, spoke half French. Actual truth. Ivan Koloff. <laughs> Ivan Koloff, yeah. Nikita was from <laughs> Minneapolis, went to high school with the Road Warriors. <laughs> yeah. All those guys went uh, to high school together. What I mean, can you imagine going to like parties that during that era? Bunch of lunatics. Uh, Nikita Koloff, the Road Warriors, Rick Rude, Kurt Hennig. Scott Norton. Scott Norton, yeah. yeah. Crazy. Bunch of lo- Barry Darso, lunatics. <laughs> the design were backstage and Diener claimed that step five of the seven deadly steps was to prove loyalty no matter what the design did to him. Um, yeah. Okay, so this I guess sucks. they're going to get to seven. They're going to get to seven. So here, here's here's my theory of what happens in No Surrender. Um, I think that right before the match between Big Con and Kazarian, you know, should I say it? No, fuck it. Be- between Big Con and Kazarian. Yeah, who cares? Callahan is actually going to end up facing Kazarian instead of Big Con. They're going to somehow put Callahan on the match, which would well, make I'd it a match. I'd rather worth see that. I don't want to watch <laughs> Big Con. Like Frankie Kazarian can't be going. Oh, I jumped from AEW to wrestle Big Con. 
Come on. Yeah. yeah. It's like, well, we got you signed now, sucker. You got to wrestle, yeah. this, wrestle this stupid fuck. Chump. Now you got to wrestle Pecan. <laughs> Carry yeah. his ass. Yeah. Yeah, I bet you wish you were on dark now, asshole. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, speaking of assholes, Bully Ray defeated Bupinder Gujar. <laughs> uh, Gujar got distracted, and then uh, Bully Ray. This I actually really liked this whole segment. So Bully just hit him with the chain. He didn't even put his knee pads on. Just hit him with the chain and pinned him. Uh, Gujar's a bit of a geek here, but uh, oh well. Gujar is a geek. Gujar's yeah. always been a geek. Gujar yeah. will always be. A, I mean, that's fine. If this is what Bully Ray is going to do and beat the Bupinder Gujars of the world, fine. He's yeah. not in the main event. That whatever. I'm fine. Yeah. With yep. Uh, and then Dreamer trying to motivate Gujar. Um, I don't think it's going to work there, bud. Um, and then we uh, we get to the well. We had Kevin Kelly talking about uh, New Japan on Access. So there you go. Um, X Division Champion Trey Miguel. Defeated Crazy Steve in a goddamnedest monstrous ball match you ever seen. Uh, I was thoroughly entertained by this match. It was super wild. Uh, lots of crazy spots. Um, I honestly expected it to be bloodier, but not everybody can bleed like Evil Uno, apparently. But uh, I thought both these guys got some juice. We got thumbtacks, barbed wire. We got Janice. Janice came Janice. back. The, the the four by four with the nails in it. Um from uh, that was uh, appropriately named after Dixie Carter's mom, a business Hilarious. former weapon. Hilarious. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I really, I really love this match. That's the best damn match I've ever seen. Crazy Steve have. That's for sure. Mike, I was so ready to go. I'm tired of watching dudes hit each other with stuff. Turns out that's a fucking lie. I loved yeah. every minute. Of this. I loved watching these two guys hit each other yeah. with shit. I don't know what it is. Trey Miguel. He always surprises me. Like, I know mm-hmm. he's good, but he comes on like, oh, that's Trey Miguel. And then he always manages to entertain me. And Crazy Steve's a damn lunatic. He's also he an idiot. He had the match won. He had the match won, and he pulled him <laughs> up. And I went, Crazy yeah. Steve's the dumbest motherfucker in professional wrestling. Well, here, here's my – but, okay, let, 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 me, let me give you a story arc here. Or let, me, let, me, let me explain Steve for you. He doesn't care about the X Division title. He was just here to get revenge because Trey Miguel uh, screwed over Taurus and he's been fucking with him ever since. And he just wanted to, to beat the shit out of this guy. Uh, you know, which well, pulling him up was a bit of a heel move, but that, that was when I saw that, I was like, that makes no sense. But then he's like, wait a minute, it's crazy. Steve, why would crazy Steve care about a title belt? He lost the match, Mike. He did. Lose he didn't the win the war. Trying. He lost the match. Dumb move, Dude. but very entertaining match. It, it was the black Dude. hole slam. Like I was like, these people are where Abyss doesn't work for this company anymore, right? Abyss is in <laughs> WWE. There were so many Abyss tributes in this, the black hole slam and the tags, which looked great. Looked it fantastic. Yeah. Like it was it was a lot of fun. I liked watching Trey continuously pulling thumbtacks <laughs> out of his hands with this look on his face, like, why the fuck did I do this match? <laughs> like, like what well, kind of a I dummy am I? I know. I mean, like it, it actually added to the match because it's not it in did. Trey's character to be like that. So this looks, I don't know if it was on purpose or if he's acting or what, but I mean, these looks of constant frustration as he yanks thumbtacks out of himself actually helped the match a lot for me. Like I thought this was a lot of fun. I was prepared not to love this match. I just went in <laughs> jaded and these two entertained the hell out of me. Like, I don't know why I doubt crazy Steve. I've always enjoyed the stuff he does. 
for you. Yeah, he and the, the guy the guy can go in the ring, and so obviously yeah. so can Trey. But when he comes to putting on a wild match, I think Crazy Steve is an underrated guy at these matches. And I after seeing this, I'm like, they really should give him the ball more. He's an interesting character. I don't like boogie bullshit, but he's still an interesting character. Um, he was over with the crowd, and then the match was awesome. Like, why not like you know give the guy more opportunities? I agree, especially when it comes to like some deathmatch stuff. Like, he actually surprised me in how how good he can do these kind of things. I mean, like, I'm not saying he's the American June Kasai or anything like that, but I would watch Crazy Steve do these kind of matches more frequently. He yeah, did it good. You know, he did it well. Um, two two. Um, you already brought up the black hole slam. I love that spot. Mm-hmm. The spot that made me jump out of my fucking seat was him jumping from the middle rope into oh, the Canadian destroyer? destroyer on the stacks, on the tax. And, and the chair, and the chair. Yeah. His ass hit yeah. a chair and the thick. <laughs> I did the same thing. I jumped up to him. I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like, that was the craziest thing. Yeah, man. This was this was awesome. This was, was awesome. The, so the finish was, uh, was Trey. He hit the crossroads on the outside through the uh, barbed wire. Uh, I guess it would be plywood. The barbed wire plywood board. That I, I wish he wouldn't hit the crossroads there because he took all of the punishment on that move into the barbed wire. So I was like, okay, you know, yes, wrestling's bullshit, but I was like, come on, maybe, maybe, maybe do a pile driver, maybe do a power bomb or something. But he did the crossroads, and he was the one that took all the barbed wire. Wrestling is stupid sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it still looked awesome. Don't get me wrong, but I was like, wait, that doesn't make any sense. Well, it was like when Cody Rhodes went through the flaming table with Andrade, but Cody Rhodes is the one that went through the flaming table, and somehow <laughs> yeah. he won. And I was like, same, yeah. same exact moment. Like, you guys gotta think about these things when you do them. But <laughs> look cool. Yeah, look cool. Yeah. Can't argue that. It looked cool, and then when you end on a high note like that, and they've done it two weeks in a row, it really makes me excited for No Surrender. Um, and, um, and then, and I really, I just felt like, you know, after that really bad episode they had a couple of weeks ago, I, I thought that they, they jumped up a couple of notches here. Yeah. So, you know, when, Hey, when, when the show's bad, we're going to say it when the show's good, we're definitely going to say it. And I, I thought this was a really good show. So kudos to them. I like watching good wrestling. It's yeah. that simple. All right, man. So let's go ahead and get into our, our no surrender preview. Let me, let me pull up, um, you know what? I need to pull up the card here. Uh, just one second. Well, here, we'll go to the first match. I got uh, – boom. So uh, in the main event, we got Josh Alexander versus Rich Swan. Um, could we possibly see a title change here? No. <laughs> no, no, no. But, I mean, the match is going to be fucking awesome though, right? Should be fine. I haven't liked the build for these two. I don't think they have much out-of-the-ring chemistry. Like, I, Josh, I don't like – I don't like mellow Josh. You want to hear a hot take? Give me a hot take. I I feel like um, Rich Swan has been carrying the feud. I agree 100%. Rich Swan cut a really good promo. We didn't talk about that. We didn't talk about Rich Swan's promos that they did uh, with Josh and the one he did with Macklin, too. I thought Rich yeah, Swan I, was doing yeoman's work in this. I really do. Yo, did we, did we actually skip over that? We did skip over that. Might as well talk okay, about that, it now. That was... Yeah, that that was not that was not intentional. Yeah, I thought that was really strong because, you know, Alec, Alexander, um, they were talking about Swan accidentally kicking Josh last week, and, and Josh goes, and he was trying to apologize for it. He goes, "Oh, don't worry, Rich, I know that you don't got that in you," and that sent Rich into a fucking frenzy, and he was mm-hmm. just like, "What? Wait a minute, you don't think I got that in me?" And then he went on a great tirade, like he's a great, great 
fiery baby face. And I don't think that he gets enough credit because of the small reach and impact has. Like if, if he is, if he is in one of the bigger promotions, like he is a very good baby face that a lot of people could get behind. He was a very good baby face. People got behind in WWE and they barely used him. That, that, that is absolutely true. Like, I, I think he's been curious. And Josh has this whole, like, I can't be bothered with any of this vibe to him right now. Like with his, his promos yeah. are just so like lapsadaisical and like no heart. Like, I don't, I know he's not half-assing it. This is just not playing up to his strengths. Right. Yeah. And he comes off very nonchalant in his delivery, which makes it so many didn't give a fuck quite frankly. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Um, but I, I think the match is going to be That's quite fine. good. So, yeah. I yeah. The that. match is going to be great. Um, next we go to, I think they should turn rich actually after this. Okay. Um, next we go to Mickey James versus Masha Slamovich with Mercedes Monet on the horizon. I mean, no shot that we get a title change here, right? No, they're building up to another match. (laughs) Masha will get that title, but again, not today, sir. Back in the line, ma'am. Back in the line. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I think this is going to be an excellent match. Um, I Masha is very, very good. And Mickey can go when she's in there with somebody that can yeah. really, really go. Someone that's younger than her. But like when she's been in there with Deanna, she's been excellent. I saw her have an excellent match with Giselle Shaw. Jordan Grace, obviously, that was a great match. So I think this would be another line of those great Mickey James matches that we see. I don't think Mickey's in a position in her career now where she can, keep, where she can carry anybody. But I think then when she's in there with someone better than her, I think she elevates her game, right? I think she can. I think she can keep up. But yeah. I don't. I think and Masha's really good, so it should be a really good match. I think Masha's gonna make her look great, and it'll be a fun back and forth. I just don't think they're gonna go with Masha right now. Timing is off. By yeah, the way, these these graphics package is fantastic. Thank, that I'm thank you. Graphics, thank like you, uh, I'm just producing it. It's great. Thank you, thank you, Jeremy Finestone for that. I so here I so I I was like um, after the show was over the dinner still wasn't made so I was like up here I was like you know what I'm gonna put together some graphics for the no surrender preview I think that would be really cool we've never done that and I saw the parallel world show that you and uh, Jeremy did great show by the way Thank you very much. and I was like man fucking Jeremy put together some really cool stuff here so I was like let me do some of that and I just couldn't figure it out because you got to switch all the all the the pictures to PDF, and I just don't have the PDF stuff on my computer. Like I just don't have, I just don't have the ability. I don't know. It always looks like shit when I do it, and then whenever I try, it won't even upload. So I just gave up, and I so I texted him. I was like, you know, I I was kind of just whining and complaining. I didn't actually mean for him to go and do it for me, but because he is the way he is, and he's just he's a Jeremy, super great he's guy, do it. Yeah. he's awesome. He felt the need to go ahead and do that for us. So thank you to Jeremy um, for that. So. Quick question in regarding this match. Okay, so I think we both believe that Mickey James is winning. Um, we we kind of feel like Sasha is on her way here to impact at some point. Do we do we get a little bit of a tease? Do we see like maybe a video package of Sasha? Do we see something like that after this match is over? Maybe. That'd be cool, right? I don't feel comfortable enough no. going with it, but it's possible. It's certainly yeah. possible. Um, yeah, maybe. I could see it. By the way, Parallel Worlds is the nerdiest show on the fight gaming. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you're a super fucking nerd, you're going to love nerd. Parallel Words. Wait, Worlds. Worlds. Sorry. Like, I host a comic book podcast, a different comic book podcast. I did them with Jeremy, and after the show, I'm like, God, that's like 10 times nerdier than my other podcast. We're a couple of dorks. Like, I appreciate it. Thanks, Jeremy. Yeah. 
Speaking of speaking of nerdy, I posted this in the new Discord thing we got going on for Fight Game. I I was doing that. I had the AI app. I had the three day free trial, and I made Batman on that thing. I got to send it to you. Oh yeah, <laughs> just, you gotta send. I was like, I just, I just like, I just wanted to make my own Batman, so I did. You made some Ethan Jericho <laughs> ones for me that are awesome. I'm gonna find you. I'm gonna find a use for those somewhere. I'm like, these actually turned <laughs> yeah. out pretty good. Like officially, <laughs> were... officially, I hate AI. My stance against AI is it's awful. It's evil. Yeah. But these are really cool looking. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I was listening to a podcast that somebody was talking about. It. I was like, oh, let me see if I can make some. Because I was thinking about making graphics for the show, and I ended up not making any graphics for the show. I made Ethan Jericho and fucking Batman, but. See, we're nerding you out, man. You're slowly turning. You're coming over. Uh, um, next up, we got Time Machines versus uh, Bullet Club. Um, man, you know, I'm going to go ahead and make my pick here, and and I'll tell you why. I'm going to go with Bullet Club because on the subsequent tapings of from No Surrender, the No Surrender Fallout show, Kenta – this Saturday is facing Josh Alexander. Um, they didn't advertise it as a world heavyweight title match because obviously he's got the defense against uh, Swan. But you know, Kenta is not going into the match with Josh on a loss, is he? No, he isn't. And I think it's time to reheat up Bullet Club a little bit. And the six, the the tag champs can lose in a six man, and need to do something. We do something here. Uh, is it? I think Kenta just didn't Kenta just win the strong title too. Uh, he did, yeah. yeah. So this would be, yeah, this would be the world champion versus the strong champion, yeah. Yeah, I like that booking actually. I think this plays much better into what Josh does. So uh, I'm on board. Bullet Club all the way, too sweet and all that. So at Battle in the Valley, Josh was in the opening eight man contest. It was him and uh, it was him and uh, Volador, the Volador Junior from CMLL, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I can't remember who else against. Uh, no, it was him and um, Rocky Romero. Because Rocky and Romero some, is shooting with Volador right now and seeing Yeah, and Vol- Volador was on Kushida's team. I can't remember everybody's names in the thing. But the reason why I'm bringing it up is because at the beginning of the match, um, and people can say what they want about Impact's reach and their viewership, and I, I agree it's not great. Um, but there was a huge, huge walking weapon chant at the beginning of that match. And then they had dueling walking weapon Kushida chants going back and forth. And nobody else in the match got a chant other than those two guys. And I was just like, you know, we, you know, we got. I think we got something here with Josh. And obviously, they're setting up the Josh Kushida match at uh, Multiverse United. Remember when we talked about Josh in the G One, and I said they don't view Josh in that way. And yeah. here you go again. He's the Impact World Champion, working open eight, opening eight man tags for New Japan. I hope they book him better, but they just they. I just don't think they see it, Josh. They don't see it in Josh. Don't know why. Mm. This is where they're yeah. Yeah, uh, hopefully just at least hearing those chants be like, hey, look, when you're in the States, this guy um, is a little bit more popular than maybe they were giving him credit for. Um, Agreed. So it'd be, it'd be nice if they put him in a better position because um, I think he could really do some damage in uh, in New Japan, uh, New Japan, in New Japan proper and New Japan strong. Um, so we got we got some other. So I want to go over those are the top three matches. Um, opening contest is going to be on the pre-show. Diana Perazzo versus Chili Girl herself, Giselle Shaw. This is opening. Got? If it's not Diana Perazzo, there's a problem. If they just re-signed her, if they just optioned her to Jobber, that's a that's a huge problem. It better be Diana. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, Diana there. Um, second match: Jonathan Gresham versus Mike Bailey. Who you it's got? Uh, you know, I'm gonna have to go with Gresham because he's new. 
Um, you know what? I, I, I think I'm going to go with Gresham too, because not only that, he, he lost here this week and they, they kind of do that. They'll make a guy lose and they give him a victory back. Um, and then he lost to Eddie Edwards at hard to kill. So I'm like, man, if we're, we just signed this guy, we got him for a couple of years. Let's, let's do something with him. Gresham loses again. You're going to hear about it in the locker room. You're talking about the PWI ranking and everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, we got a fatal four way, Brian Myers versus Heath versus PCO versus Macklin. I'll go first because it's my guy, fucking Macklin all the way, especially after if, that angle tonight. If it's not Macklin, we have such problems in this promotion. I don't even know where to start. Um, okay, so but here, so let's let's say it is Macklin. Where does he get the title shot? Do you do the title shot in March at the monthly Impact Plus special, or do you do pay per view at Rebellion? Pay per view Rebellion. Okay. Okay. I, I, I could see that. If they don't have somebody big coming in for that, that's the biggest internal match you got. It is. It is. And and if you have Mercedes Monet on the card, you don't need to have a huge draw for your world title match. Right. Well, and then Josh isn't main eventing that show if Mercedes Monet is on this, even though Josh is Toronto. Oh, right. yeah. But you don't need him. You can have him open, to be honest with you, and people will go crazy. Right away, Josh comes up, people lose their shit. Right? That's what you know I would what? Impact did that for hard to kill, and I thought that was the right move. They had yeah. Josh and Bully open the show, and Dave said uh, Meltzer was saying on Wrestling Observer Radio. I think he was just talking about like booking philosophies and stuff, and he was just like, "Look, you know, Vern Gagne and several other promoters back in the day, if they knew they were having a brawl on the card, they'd put the brawl in the main event, and they would actually have their world title match come out first, right? Because they they knew that the brawl was going to steal the show, so they just had the world title match first. Hogan always worked metal of the card as WWF yeah. world champion. Always. Because then you could sell the tickets on the rebound and coming back, you know? Always. Yep. Like, this is – people think they understand wrestling, but they really don't. Like, world title match can show up wherever. And, like, like I said, if Monet is on the show, she should draw for the pay-per-view. So you have some flexibility. Yeah, yeah that's yep. what I would do. To- yep, totally agree. Uh, we got the Death Dolls versus the Hex. Uh, I mean, I think the Hex has got this deal. I think the hex has got to go over. Why else we bring them in? Yeah. Uh, Frankie Kazarian versus Khan. I'm going, who gives a shit? If it's not Frankie, I'll laugh really, really hard. <laughs> yeah. I, my, my, my official prediction actually is, is uh, Frankie Kazarian beats Sammy Callahan. I think they're going to figure out a way to put Sammy Callahan in the match. And that's going to be his, his uh, next, like the sixth step of douchebaggery or whatever the fuck. I don't care. I hate everything about this. It's the worst. Uh, and uh, finally, we got uh, Joe Hendry versus Moose in a dot combat match. What a stupid name, but it only works as Joe Hendry's in the match. I still and, believe in Joe Hendry. I, I thought that the uh, – because it was it's a Matt Cardona gimmick. I thought it worked when he did it with Jordan Grace too. I really did. Um because he was like a digital media guy. That was like his no, thing. So I get it. But I mean, like we just had like a, a big match like that tonight. So, I mean, like, yeah. I don't, I, it, it's going to be tricky for me to see. We got this big, serious monsters ball match tonight and then we're going to make fun of it. And I don't think that plays into Moose's strengths either. I wish this was just a match match. Right. But it's yeah. Joe. I'm going to go with Joe Henry. Yeah. I'm going to go with Joe Henry. I don't think you beat Joe Henry anytime soon. And then they're going to have to figure something else out with Moose after that, because um, he is too good to be kind of a gatekeeper role, especially with his contract coming up soon. We're kind of stuck with him right now, yeah. right? Yeah. So they pushed him to the world title, and then he's just been kind of in, you know, 
upper mid card feuds ever since. But it's it's hard. Like once you lose the world title and you've had Where it do for you go? eight months, yeah. So, um, you know, I'm I'm hoping that they they can find another big name to bring in, and then a big name babyface, whoever becomes available, whoever that might be. Oh, and is. they they yeah, then they they feud him with Moose. But and maybe that's what they're doing with Joe Hendry. Maybe that's the maybe that's the answer that we're seeking. That's they see Joe Hendry in that light. Which if they do, I I agree. I I, I think they got something with Hendry. I don't. I don't disagree. I, I like what they're doing with Joe Henry. We need a. We need a good hot baby face, and we're getting there yeah. with Joe Henry. I just don't know what you do with Moose. I really don't. I mean, like, sometimes I think people stay too long in promotions, right? I, mm-hmm. I feel like that. I, I almost feel like Deanna and Moose are stuck, right? Mm-hmm. Spinning their wheels and nothing's happening really. You know, it. I. I don't think he'd ever go for it, but you know, it'd be. It'd be wise if. Impact and Moose, like you know, they they resign him because I would like for them to resign Moose. Be like, hey Moose, you know what? Why don't you go to New Japan for the summer? You know what Great. I mean? Like, and and Diana, why don't you go to whatever goddamn ice ribbon or whatever? Go go you know- go to Japan. You know what would be great is if we had Moose like feud with Okada for a couple months in the summer just to kind of break things up. But with Moose, like you know, like they did with Jonah. Because that really yeah. say what you want. That really did help elevate Jonah's stock and help his return. Like mm-hmm. you wouldn't know it now, but I mean, like Jonah was actually <laughs> a pretty good feature on in the Indies for a while. So I, I don't hate that idea at all. I know there's people like, oh, Moose, New Japan, no yeah. way. You yeah, know, keep him away. Whatever. whatever. <laughs> Moose is good. Um, and yeah. Okada would have an excellent match with him. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, he would. Um, all right, guys. Hey, that's going to do it for us here on the free feed. So if you're listening to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or if you're watching us on YouTube, please head over to patreon.com slash fightgamemedia. And we got a lot more stuff to talk about. Um, there, Honestly, there's no real impact news going on right now. There's not a ton of other than matches upcoming at the tapings. And um, by the time you hear this, you, the matches will probably have already happened. So, um, But we do have some interesting stuff to talk about. We got Kenny Omega news. There's some news that came out about him. Um, we're going to talk Ariel and Tony Khan, uh, Jay White, um, and Kota Ibushi, and maybe even some CM Punk talk. Who knows? Who knows where the night will bring? So come on over to patreon.com slash fightgamemedia and join the conversation over there.